You're listening to And hey everyone, welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. It is Thursday, August the 12th, 2021. This is episode 68. My name is Marvin Yue, and joining me as always to talk about all the good pop that gets through our days, we have self-proclaimed professional Asian-American Jess Jude. Hey Jess. Uh. So Jess, um, you might hear that her mic quality is a little a little less than a pristine this week. Uh, it's because she is stuck in, um, where are you, where are you Jess? The butthole of America, Florida. <laughs> uh, it's a long story, but I might be stuck here longer than intended. We'll keep you updated. Uh, apologies to all of our Floridian listeners, all one of you, which is um, Jess's partner, probably. Yes. So, <laughs> hi, hi, Ray Ray. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> also joining us, professional culture editor Han Nguyen. Hey, Han. Hey. It's Han, you are once again stuck in the middle of your real job. Yes, I am at the Television Critics Association press tour, which at least this time around is only two months. Last time it was three months. <laughs> Man, I feel like it's been a long it's been a long time since I've talked to both of you, but that's just because I've been checked out for the last week. So that's on me. It's only been What's a week. For you, Marvin. You deserve <laughs> a break. Oh man. It is um officially summer here in California. Our summers always start a few months later than everyone else's. It's been hot. It's I don't been know hot. I, yeah. yeah. I can tell it's summer because I basically hole up in my air conditioned house and I do not go out anymore. But also, therefore, has COVID just been 18 months of summer? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I remember a couple of week, m- months ago, it was 100-something. So, yeah, it was summer already. But I did see my first skunk um, this past week. Oh, so, wow. you know, nature is healing. Nature's coming back. Yeah, they're like Delta variant. Stay inside. Uh, skunks <laughs> are going to take over. I mean, they can't fuck it up more than what humans have. So I say give the skunks a shot. <laughs> my only issue was that my cat wanted to attack the skunk. And I was like trying to hold this cat back. And like the cat was puffed up and they looked exactly alike, except my cat is all black. Oh, my so, God. What if you like accidentally grabbed the skunk and took it home? Uh, they're about the same size. So it was on my porch. I've seen so this am, Pippa Lip yeah. cartoon that you're describing right now. Yes. Oh, yes. that was yeah. That was the plot. Did of the not very did not rapey. fall in love with my cat. No, there's none of this like rapey sort of stuff going on. <laughs> um, I will say, I once had a skunk die in my backyard, oh, no. and it just did not did not smell the same ever since. That shit is gnarly, gnarly. Wait, does the stink juice leak out of the dead skunk or was it like? I don't know. So I, I guess the skunk, I do. I, we didn't realize this. Like the skunk was injured and I guess couldn't get out. But we like didn't oh. want to go out there and like stress the skunk out. Oh, so it died. And then it died, which is like oh. my bad. I felt really bad. But I just didn't. Yeah. I didn't know. You know, right, 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 right. We're, we're all city folk. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I understand. I think that's the best is usually like leave nature alone. But then every now and then you're right. Like. They yeah. need help. So, so I feel R.I.P. Skunk Ape. I named it actually. It was very cute. It makes me very there. sad. They're mm-hmm. cute. They're Sorry. very cute. They're very cute. But yes, also, my dog does not understand it's a dangerous thing and will mm-hmm. like charge after him. I'm like, no, 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 we're not playing that. We're not playing that game. Okay. Did Pippa let you up here in the new Looney Tunes? Has, has he learned consent yet? I, or have, is he still... I have not 
watched it. I no, I, I lie. I watched the very first episode to do a mini review, but I there was no Peppy in that one. That's going to be long enough for retired. Uh, oh God, he'd give himself away. <laughs> Except the women totally wouldn't care. They'd be like, "Oh, something about Pippi." God, that show's awful. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of nature taking over, this week's episode we're talking about the Green Knight, the new film adaptation of the classic Arthurian tale, starring one Dev Patel as the sexy Sir Gawain. But before we get to that, let's find out what pop culture is beginning through the week. Let's start with Jess out in Florida. What's popping? So in, um, again, stuck inside, not going out there, not trying to die. So I started the White um, White Lotus, which is an HBO limited series. It is about a resort, a very upscale resort in Hawaii. And the terrible white guests that stay there, wealthy white guests that stay there, um, and how would they interact with the working class uh working class um hospitality workers staff staff workers um but more most most excitedly which is like this is like the cheapest ploy in the book but it always works for me it's a murder mystery because we learn in the very first scene that someone died and so of course it's going to take us the entire rest of the series and it's a relatively short run it's only six episodes um, to find out who died and who how and what's going on so i'm just like fuck like like I'm invested now. Um, it does have a pretty great cast of, I would say, beloved character actors. That beloved probably, white character actors. Yep. Beloved white character actors that we do not get to see enough. Um, so Jennifer Coolidge is a main is one of the series regulars. Steve Zane. I love Steve uh, Zahn. I love yeah. Steve Zahn too. Um, adore him. Yeah. I do wonder. Um, just a fair warning. Episode one, you see his character's penis. I don't know if that's his penis like a full-on penis shot um that was a little maybe a little more penis than i needed to see you Um, didn't watch sex slash life did you i did but that was a nice penis (laughs) um with a very hot oh was this like some like zola ass penis no 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 no, it was a 180 marvin it was a glorious beautiful like platonic ideal of male genitalia yeah, like the it, Zolo penis was just awful. But I, are you taking saying the Steve Zahn one? No, the Steve Zahn one is yeah, not yeah, like a Zolo penis. No, we're penis. talking about sex life penis. But <laughs> Steve, Steve Zane penis is not presented in a glorified way. It, it's more of a health, but, you know, we are staring at it. I get still looking at penis. fake balls or not. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to have to deep dive into that, but it, you know, it's there. It is like that vein of secession where everyone's just terrible. Um, so it's in that way, it's not really... So my biggest criticism is that for a show set in Hawaii, it has absolutely not enough NHPI folks, that's Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islander folks, nor Asian folks, nor does it tackle that racial dynamic of these resorts and the hospitality industry in Hawaii. And that's a damn shame because I do think it's a pretty funny, like biting show, but to like not make a statement about that class dynamic, that race dynamic, you know, like is kind of like, come on, dude, like boring. You're being boring. Like it's just like at this time in 2021, like we need to be showing this, calling it out and yeah, like investigating it. Yeah, that's yeah. my biggest criticism. Um, but I will give it like it's due in that it is very well written and 
again, we are, it's very obvious we're not meant to idolize any of these people. <laughs> they are objectively awful in that secession way. So what kind of murder mystery is this? Is there a detective? No, it's, you look at all these awful people and try to decide which one of them is going to die and how will they die? So Jess, what do you think? And by the way, I know the answer. I'm not going to tell you. <gasps> oh my God, no, no. I got the screener. Me. I got please the screener. Yeah, so we're, there's one episode left. Yes. Um, and and again, they have not revealed who's going to die. I, I mean, it, I'm just kind of upset because we know there's one character who's not going to die uh, because he's in that, you know, first shot in the yes. future. And yes. I really wanted it to be him. Be him. Yes, I, really I agree. Wanted it to be him. As soon as I saw him and I saw how he was, I was like, well, damn it. I don't know if I'm really interested in the show or not. Um, <laughs> I do have to say I have an interview with someone. This is not spoilery about the wallpaper. Uh, so I'm going to discuss with them the wallpaper, which is actually part of the opening sequence. Someone has already reported too, on the music. Seems yeah. too obvious to be like the white, you know, like some character. So I, 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 I don't know. Um, I'm trying not to get like my hopes up too much either yeah. way. So, yeah. But it's uh, a pretty short time commitment. I mean, if you like watching white people be awful, I would check it out. There is going to be a, it has basically been renewed. So it's going to be like another anthology series. They're going to go to a different white Lotus property resort <laughs> somewhere else in the world, which I actually think is a great concept. I just really do hope they, you know, say something a little bit deeper the next time. Yeah. Or maybe they include more, you know, Asians or uh, PI or uh, any, anything that or, anyone. I mean, like, honestly, a, one set in like Hong Kong, like some like yeah. almost crazy rich Asian the murder mystery. Come on, like everybody wants a crazy rich Asian something. Do crazy rich Asians the murder mystery like that <laughs> series? That that would make you so much money. Do it. That would be great. <laughs> All right, Han, what's popping with you? Uh, so a new series that is on Hulu, which is technically it's on Hulu but made by FX, um, called Reservation Dogs. It's a comedy. Uh, co-created by a Native American, Sterling Harjo and Taika Waititi. Uh, he is not Native American. He is <laughs> uh, indigenous, Maori, but he is a huge, you know, as we all know, huge proponent for uh, indigenous uh, acknowledgement, storytelling, etc. Um, so he used the, his powers at FX because, you know, he's also behind what we do in the shadows um, to push this show forward they gave they pretty much said hey you have 30 minutes to decide and fx said yes which is very smart it has an all native writers room most of the cast is native except for one token white guy and bobby lee <laughs> which is great um but basically it's it's uh four teenagers on a reservation in oklahoma which is where it was shot uh they kind of pull off a lot of petty crimes kind of fun um and you find out that they're doing this so they can earn money so they can eventually escape their life and go to california we also learned that they're doing this because um one of their own they used to have a fifth member um and he had died a year before so throughout the series which is actually very funny in a dark yet sort of insightful way i kind of in some ways i kind of compare it to atlanta um and uh there's a little bit of surreal magical realism going on there too. And, uh, but yeah, so throughout we learn more about each of their lives, kind of the dark realities that, you know, they go to like the IH, um, as health center, um, all this 
all the stuff they make meat pies they sell meat pies it's just there's so much about it that's just so incredibly like right and specific and authentic um and i think it's gonna be eye-opening for a lot of people but for me it's just like i find it very funny um and i love that the magical realism things is the the main sort of the leader of this it's not even a gang but they call themselves you know someone called them a gang so they're a gang um uh whenever he gets hurt or hit in the head he sees a spiritual like uh native american on a horse and so they kind of poke fun at that because this guy is named William Knifeman and he's such a doofus. <laughs> so like he was like, I was at the Battle of Little Bighorn and, you know, I died. He was like, oh, you died in battle? I was like, well, my horse, you know, stepped into a gopher hole. And he just throughout every the whole thing. It's like really funny. So um, I liked it. Um, it's it, what I love about it is that we now have these two comedies. So uh, Rutherford Falls, which is like way more sitcom-y. And then this one, which is more like. Atlanta and dark and sort of um, real, uh, surrealistic. Um, so yeah, it's two native comedies, totally different. I, I very much enjoy both. Um, and two episodes are out right now. So you should watch it. Yeah. Have you seen the whole series already or just the first two? Um, the first two, I went to a premiere for it. So oh. <laughs> I got to TV premieres and, and it was on a rooftop, which was nice. Uh, I have two more episodes I can watch in screeners. So I haven't seen the whole thing, but um I probably will get it soon. I don't remember how many episodes it is, but yeah. Um. So I mean, this is a story about teens, right? So is there is how 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 cringy is it? No, it's not. It's not in that way. It's not like teen growth um issues. So it's not like Pen Fifteen, oh. but on the reservation. Um. But it's more about them living in the world, and so they're doing their sort of weird crime things, but also to the, just you know how kids just hang out that's sort of what the vibe is, which is what I like. Um, once you watch it, you'll have some immediate favorites. I think the <laughs> casting is kind of incredible for these four teens because there are so many who are likable. One of the teens is called Alora Dannon, which if you know Willow is the name of the baby in Willow. Um, and <laughs> that is for some reason a running joke in the show. And um, as you can also see by the name Reservation Dogs, that's a sort of a hat tip to Reservoir Dogs. And so you see them in suits at one point. So there's a lot of sort of pop culture sort of nods, but it's kind of fascinating because they're all with Native people. And you don't really get that because there's no Native pop culture that we know that's in the mainstream. And so there's probably a ton of Native pop culture in here that we don't know, but um, Native people will recognize. Nice. So I, I think it's fascinating. I feel like I'm learning. I don't know. I, I find it fascinating. Yeah. Oh, and yes, sorry. Bobby Lee is a doctor at the IHS facility. He is he does say some cringy things himself when he talks about the natives being majestic people, but it's definitely done as a joke, self very self-aware. Um, <laughs> he's great. So Marvin, what's popping with you? Oh, nothing, nothing. I like I mentioned, it's felt like I haven't talked to you both in a month. Because I've been on vacation. My first and probably only vacation of 2021 and 2020 for that matter. Um, I went out to Santa Barbara Wine County this past weekend and just chilled. I, I literally had my, I brought my laptop. I didn't open it for like four days. It was amazing. Wow. I like how you still brought your laptop though. I, I've done that as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we just went around, visited some wineries, pretty much chilled in the hotel room for a bunch. Um, it, was, um, it was definitely an experience traveling. Um, for leisure in like a post-pandemic world because you know we came equipped with 
sanitizing wipes and and disinfectant spray. Not that we don't trust the hotel workers at the places we stayed at, but you know, we have Asian parents who are very paranoid, so we had to bring it along with us anyways. Do you have a, um, a, a dark light? <laughs> oh, sometimes it's just better not knowing. <laughs> yeah, we were worried about COVID germs, not you know, mm-hmm. not sexy germs. Those are just a given when you stay at a at a commercial hotel. Um, but yeah, we were actually a little bit worried because no Delta is on the rise, and we're, we we were going to another county, so we weren't sure how things were. You know, outside of LA County, because you know how different counties have different rules and different you know, ways they're approaching the virus. But Friday, Santa Barbara County instituted a mask mandate, and everyone seemed to be pretty chill with it. Like if if there were people that were making a big fuss, they weren't near us. So um, it was actually a little comforting to see other people, you know, masking up and following the rules. There's a guy who was refused entry into a bakery because he didn't have his mask, and he's just like he's left. Wow! Oh my God, that's. God, do you have more stories like that? Honestly, that sounds like better than sex right now. <laughs> that is definitely giving me an endorphin rush. Like, let me tell you, Florida ain't that. It ain't gotta, that in Florida. I gotta say, I was on a next door post where someone was trying. They were like, "I don't want to start a debate, but what do you think about idle hour requiring vaccination records or or blah blah blah? Isn't this like medical segregation?" And you should have seen the comments. The comments were amazing. I loved it so much. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope they ripped them a new one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There were a few people who were, like, trying to defend her, but I was like, mm. most they were pretty much drowned out. Oh, God. I was yeah. at a Starbucks this morning. I was double masked, and um, let's say less than 50% were wearing masks. Mm. And then the one other lady who was wearing a mask was wearing, like, a Red Lives Matter mask. And I'm just like, like the firefighters, like American flag thing. And oh. I was like, I hate it here. I hate oh, it here. Wow. <sighs> yeah, we were we were actually warned by some of our friends who went up to Santa Maria Valley like a few months ago that like they were getting weird looks because they were masked. Or because um, they were Asian. Or yeah, both. one or, or the other. So we Asians were a little wearing like, masks. We were a little on edge, right? The way that minorities in this country tend to be when you're like not sure if the people around you want to you know, beat your face in or not. And it turned out to be fine. I think you know, my theory is when they went, it was before things had started let, letting up. And so the only people going up were probably people who didn't care. I get the thing that we were amongst people who were also equally cautious, which was pretty comforting. Uh, but I don't know, I'm, Jess, you're probably like this out, out there in, in, in Florida, but um, your head's always on a swivel, right? Like, Yeah, I just feel like I'm either super oblivious or I must radiate some kind of like terrifying negative aura because I typically don't notice it. I think it's just because I'm oblivious, um, but I also try not to go out and I'm just like, you know, high alert, like, oh, is that a lifted truck with too many stickers on it? I will get my gas on the other side of the station. <laughs> but highlights of the trip, definitely visited a couple wineries and they, they were all pretty chill. Everyone serving, you know, they were masked up. It sounds like they were they were happy that the mask mandate was going to affect because it's like a big load off their mind that you don't have to worry about people giving them, giving them COVID. And we went to a morning barbecue on Saturday and we woke up really early because it's like there's this pop-up in Los Alamos which is this, this like very it's a small I would describe it as like a cowboy town in the middle of like the highway 
they still have like the old like general store buildings and everything. Um, they do. There's a pop up there called Perdite that they do breakfast barbecues every two weeks. And just happened that the week we were there, they were having. So we woke up at 8 a.m., went and waited in line for some really good brisket. I was very tempted because I didn't know how if you were still up there to ask for a brisket to be <laughs> delivered. to <laughs> I mean, like, you know, ferried back to me. But you're, yeah, <sighs> it looked good. It looked good. Yeah. I posted for the first time on Instagram in a year. Because if you look at my Instagram, what a post. The last the last time I posted was a year ago. <laughs> exactly a year ago. Because it's um it's my partner and mine's um anniversary this past weekend. So I guess the only time I ever post is when there's something. The anniversary. <laughs> there hasn't really been anything worth posting over the last year. We've all been stuck indoors. Yeah, no, I noticed I think I posted like what two to three times last year and then um and then i just posted two in a row this year and i was like maybe i should delete one it just doesn't feel right to me so yeah right now i'm on track for barely having enough to fill my nine for the end of the year oh man yeah that that's gonna be a depressing nine (laughs) yeah i'm not gonna have i don't think i'm gonna have nine for last year i don't know (laughs) this year probably not yet anyway but yeah vacation you guys should try it while you still have the chance. Jess has done a couple vacations and now she's on an extended vacation unintentionally. Uh, more <laughs> like an imprisonment of my own making, of Florida's making, but that's what we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll know by the end of the week. I mean, I literally haven't gone anywhere in over a year since last March, but I put in my request for a vacation. It may still be a staycation, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Good luck. Or I should at least you. do better for my staycation than I did last time, which was basically like, I'm so burned out. I'm just like lying on my couch. Hey, sometimes you just want us to stay in bed all day Uh, of your own choice. Yeah. (laughs) Just read all my net galleys. Okay. All right. Is there any go Asian news from the Olympics in the last week? I feel like, I mean, Japan beat America in baseball. That was cool. That was a fun game. Mm. Um, Well, the the Olympics are officially over now. Also, uh, people like to keep reminding us that, you know, the Winter Olympics are only six months away, (laughs) uh, which is a little upsetting. That's France? Where is it? China, Beijing. Beijing. Oh, more Asians. Okay. Yeah, but uh, still riding that like Suni Lee high. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I found out more. Did you know her dad is not her biological father? No. Interesting. I was like crying. Yeah, I learned like, about wow, that. What a what a what a lovely man. What a lovely family. Um, <laughs> Seriously. And, okay, she legitimately did a Mulan. She came home with the medal and gave it to her dad on T. I'm like, this bitch pulled a Mulan. Mm-hmm. She wasn't even alive when that movie came out. I mean, she may not have been alive, but growing up, if you're looking at Disney princess movies to watch, she probably and watched you're that Asian, one. You probably picked that one, right? Have you ever done the thing where you're going looking at like books at a bookstore and like you're picking all the ones that have an Asian face on it? No, because there are no Asian faces on the books when I was a kid. <laughs> that's, mm, that's, true. that's true. You just call for the brunette. You find the brunette girl. <laughs> yeah, like, basically. That's good yeah, that's good enough. But what a what what a moment to be captured. I'm sure they're going to be replaying that moment. For years to come on all these Olympic montages, like, yes. look at this all-American girl giving her father the medal. And then playing a gong behind it. I've never, I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> put it past them. I've never given my, I've never won anything that I could present to my parents. So I'm like, you know, I'm like, don't look at me for that kind of filial piety, please. 
Um, I guess any last thoughts about this year's Olympics? It was a little weird. It was a little um, still questionable whether they should have had it or not. A little weird. Um, I think I, I don't think we can dis. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people also like it was not the full like competition slate, right? I'm sure a lot of people did not come or chose not to come. And then like we cannot diminish like mental health um, across the board for every single athlete, like having to try to do this, delaying a year training at home. But, you know, I feel like there was a lot of like a lot of the people that were supposed to dominate did not dominate this year. Like the traditional countries win USA, China. I mean, Russia wasn't even allowed to compete as Russia, but um, yeah, it, it kind of made things kind of interesting this year. Like there were some surprise, you know, like, Winners popping up. It was it was cool. Yeah. Han, did you catch the wall climbing events? No, no I intended to, but I oh, didn't. Just they're pretty. Those people climb so fast. Well, I still have Peacock, so maybe I'll put it on in the background. But yeah, I just had too much to do. And then um, yeah. everyone's in love with the Japanese climber. Oh, the, well, the then. female. Ja- the, the, she, I think she won silver medal. She's super cute. Um, I really like the new sports they added too. I thought they were all very wholesome, like like the surfing, surfing, skateboarding, and climbing. Yeah, all super fun. I hope they keep some of that. But super man. fun, super young too, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And I feel like the culture is really sweet. Like the climbers are all very like collaborative, even though they're competing against each other. Um, yeah, skateboarding looks like just one big party. I mean, the little 13 year old, like teenage girls kicking up, oh, so cute. Uh, but I will say in 2028, when the Olympics come to Los Angeles, if an, Amer- okay, if an American does not fucking win gold in LA, uh, I mean, if we're going to have it, they should have it in this, the birthplace of like, you know, ma- <laughs> like mainstream skateboarding. Like, if we don't, <laughs> again, America, has, you know, fucks up in a lot of ways. But if we don't win that one, I'm going to be like, what the fuck, guys? What the fuck? <laughs> Well, the Tokyo Olympics are now at a close. Um, we'll be back again with Go Asian Olympics edition, I guess, in six months in, in the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Ooh. Oh, man. See, if if the world wasn't in the pandemic shutdown, I would have considered going to Beijing for the Olympics. Oh, my God. That would have been so fun. I would have gone mm. with you. Yeah. yeah. But now I'm like, well, I don't want to spend 13 hours in the plane. So I mean, they won't even let us in. You can't even get a flight to China right now. <laughs> They're so expensive. Well, on that note, that'll do it for this edition of What's Poppin' and also this edition of Go Asian um, until the next time we find an Asian to follow through reality TV competitions. Um, I would say let's do it for F-Boy Island, but they got kicked off right away. <laughs> so you watched it all. Well, so far, there's four episodes left. I mean, the East Asian guy got kicked off right away. He, yeah, I mean, he, very- was a, he was an obvious <laughs> fuckboy, let's be real. Well, I called it from the trailer remember because i was like i was joking i was like oh we could do a go asian because there's an asian and i was like actually he's probably gonna get kicked off soon because <laughs> i just looked at him like yeah you're totally an f-boy and then the south asian got kicked up right after him so you know 
Yeah, but also he was he was he was he was also just sort of invisible. So the Go Asians uh, could work better actually for the Love Islands. I started each of them, but have not gotten far. Uh, Love Island UK has an Asian, and so does um, US at the beginning, at least. I don't know how. I've only gotten a few episodes in each, and each of them has like what forty. Well, one of these days, an Asian will be lucky in love in one of these reality TV well, show. I'm still waiting for my Asian bachelor or bachelorette. Yeah, that's the, that's that's the thing the dating shows rarely have like good asian featured we usually like dominate in the uh competition other type of shows right we're good at skill competition yeah so but in love not so much (laughs) so that's why i kind of really want that like yes the bachelor well actually the bachelor sucks but you know (laughs) like all of them (laughs) must suck in some i would like to combat that because in the words of bo sia you don't get to be the most populous population (laughs) in the world by being bad at fucking yeah, <laughs> but they're just bad at love on reality TV so far. That's all. Um, it, it will even out at some point, I feel. <laughs> you know who's not bad at love? The Green Knight. The Green Knight and Sir Gawain, <laughs> which we'll talk about after the break. Stick around. Hey, Brian, did you go to Saturday school as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada is a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. And welcome back to the Good Pop Culture Club. On this episode, we're talking about David Lowry's The Green Knight, a 2021 American epic medieval fantasy film directed, written, edited, and produced by David Lowry. Um, The film stars Death Patel as Gawain, or Garwin, as they like to pronounce in the film. As the Brits say. (laughs) The nephew of King Arthur, who sets off on a journey to test his courage and chivalry to face the Green Knight. Based on a 14th century poem, um, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight by an unknown poet. The film also stars Alicia Vikander, Joel Edgerton, Sarita Chowdhury, um, Sean Harris, and Ralph Innocent. Um, so, yeah, Jess and I watched this film at the Alamo Draft House um, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Han also watched it at the Alamo uh, for a special critic screening. Um, and it's definitely probably one of the first films that we will have wildly different opinions on this on this show, but I'm excited to get to it. Um, I guess let's start with before we get to um, Jess's thoughts. Let's start with Han since you saw it first. What did you think of The Green Knight? Um, I might have touched on this uh, when I first watched it, but I absolutely adored it because for me it was a pure cinematic experience. In that visually, I was like wowed, and then. Uh, auditorially I was wowed and then I actually did enjoy the storytelling because it kept me on my toes um uh Deb Patel is great uh the acting is great actually um and I just I like the funkiness of it that that sort of appealed to me that I felt a little bit unsafe um during the whole time but I was also laughing a lot and I think it was also meant to be funny so yeah it got me uh uh, there were def- we can talk about some of these unexpected parts, the surprises where where I laughed out loud in the theater. <laughs> yeah, all right, Jess. What did you think of the Green Knight? I am 
<laughs> Honestly, the only thing I can like really like articulate is like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> um, it's it was pretty slow. I did fall asleep. I will be very honest with that, Marvin. I you can were confirm witness. this. <laughs> I fell asleep. I woke up, and then I was still like, what the fuck is going on? Um, and then like I don't I feel like I'm not someone who needs to have their like hand held through everything, but I do want to know what the whole fucking point is. And there are some parts of this movie where I was like, what the fuck was the point of that? Um, and then I mean, let's I'm gonna be real, if it was not Dev Patel playing sexy Gwen, I would have probably wanted to scratch my eyes out. You know, that was like the only thing like really tempering me from like um and I, I think at the end of not just the movie itself like what I was watching but like I kind of just wondering like why the fuck did David Lau this movie like in the way that he did like it just seems like a very very pretentious like coming of a <laughs> coming of a <laughs> film that I don't know if it actually speaks to anyone coming of age <laughs> And he doesn't explain some shit. And I'm just like, why did you show me that then? I don't, why, why? <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting because I feel like a lot of things that you did not like about the film, I really loved about the film. And I think this is like, this isn't a summer blockbuster fantasy epic, right? This is a like capital C cinema film, like yes. meant to be experienced. And it's very artsy. And I will be the first one to admit that that's not my vibe most of the time but i do like them when they're well done and when they <laughs> matter like when they say something i think matters and i just don't know if green knight like matters at the end of the day i mean the green knight at it's the, the, the i mean the original i guess source material is a like like we mentioned a 14th century poem written by who knows what um and basically the only kind of written form of this folktale that i imagine before was all told through oral tradition right it's, it was a poem after all mm -hmm. and so i think for me i came in with that in mind so i kind of experienced it as like oh this is like a story being told in a very old way so like there's no none of this like you know like modern script you know like story structure right it's basically a series of vignettes of this young man like in this adaptation going is not even knight yet he's just the like the spoiled nephew of like the great king of britain um and him going on through his quest to find his honor right and i mean these stories are, are it's, it's an allegory for chivalry what it means to like you know say what you do and do what you say you know even when no one else is looking right like it's it's a story about a man learning to find his integrity i guess the film is gorgeous look at you know if whether or not you like it or you hate it at the end, you should watch this film on the biggest screen you can find with like the best sound system. Yes. And I mean, I do respect the craft of making this movie. Like it's not unwatchable. It's not <laughs> like, um, I do think some of the CGI look cheap, but you know, A24, they got a smaller budget. What you're going to do. <laughs> um, I just, I, I think part of it is like, you are kind of, I think this, does make an assumption that you know a lot about like medieval poetry and Knights of the Round Table. And like, I don't know any normal person who does. Like, I'm a <laughs> well read bitch. 
I'm a trivia bitch. And even then I'm like, I don't give a fuck about medieval literature because that's just boring. I mean, well, how I am I supposed to know that creepy grandma is like the witch? I don't think you need, I mean, I, I think those you are things that if you knew about the poem, it would like kind of like, oh, it's like catching the references of like a Marvel, like MCU film, right? Like the Easter eggs. I think, I don't know. Like I, I knew about the background, but I don't have like a encyclopedic knowledge of this particular poem, but I did enjoy the fact because I, I remember reading King Arthur in like 10th grade English class. And I remember the way that these stories are told, which is like Gawain set forth through the land of giants and had many adventures on his way to the quest. And they would skip all the things that like this film actually showed, like the headless ghost and the, the, I don't know, the, the scam boy. But like some of those like lessons I'm supposed to learn on this trail, like, did I learn a lesson? Like what the fuck was the giants about? What was it was to take away from that? I don't, I mean, like I said, in, in the original poem, that's just one line saying he went through the land of giants and so, David Lowry decided to make it into a bigger yeah. scene. I thought that I mean, was interesting. I mean, my thing is, I mean, I'm I'm on record. I hate Arthurian legends and anything associated with them. The only one I was okay with was Monty Python and the Holy Grail because it was Monty Python. Um, <laughs> and and all I learned from that was Gawain was like irresistible to women. Um, so apparently he is the same in this movie. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Not so just women. Well, we will get to that. And then, but yeah, so I I, I do agree though that I think. You don't need to know any of that stuff to follow because I literally didn't know anything b- beyond that in the trailer. But um, I know I agree to a certain extent. Like, I don't love episodic tales where it's just one thing happens and then the next thing happens without much really rhyme or reason. Um, it's not like it builds on anything. And so I think that's like I understand that not every episode in the his life really teaches you anything. I think it's more of just like, what is this one experience building, like giving him as far as like what he didn't know before. So basically di- giants <laughs> and magical things that you have outside of your little life uh, exist and you are just a tiny little speck. And that's kind of it. There's not even like a lesson, <laughs> but just more of like other things in this world. So, and I think if you're going to go with the full allegory of like growing up and meeting your ambitions and integrity, then it's just a guy, you know, growing up and experiencing something that is outside of his realm. So. Also that giant thing was pretty fucking cool. The giant was pretty nice. You know, it, it didn't want to eat him, uh, grind his bones to eat, uh, to eat with his bread or any of that shit. So it was a pretty good giant. Um, naked right. naked giants, think... naked giants. <laughs> All right. I think, um, okay. So this film is based on a poem that's centuries old. So spoilers are out there. And I think at this point, we can probably take the spoiler safeties off because I don't think we can talk about this film without talking about specific things that happen. Let's, let's talk it. Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's, let's. Yeah, we got to break the seal. We got to talk about the comrag. We have to talk about the comrag. <laughs> Going straight for it, uh, Jess. Well, I mean, it's the only scene that Jess walked away from, like, eliciting a severe I'm reaction. Shook. I'm shook. I mean, okay. I, you want to set I, it up? Set it up. So, um, okay. To be fair, I did fall asleep in the scene where apparently he gets robbed. So he gets robbed, and his his mother gives him a. Um, before he departs for his quest gives him this green sash with magic embedded into it a talisman embedded to it that's supposed to protect him from all harm um you know that gets stolen from him by these bandits and then he comes across this castle later you know several episodics later and the lady of the house is like 
oh, I actually have it. Do you want it? And then he's like, yeah, I do. Like, yeah, like, yeah, I don't want to die. So yeah, like my magic flashback. She's like, oh, but do you want it? Like basically propositions him and basically like jumps on him and then like jerks him off. And then he comes on the green sash and you actually see the jizz, which is great, I guess. Because like how often do we see like male you know body fluids in this movie and then like so that he like takes it back um and then like you know he proceeds to there's like a fantasy sequence where basically he wears the sash for the rest of his life and never takes it off like i was so shook by this notion that this man would spend decades of his life wearing an unwashed jizz rat because he doesn't wash it he doesn't wash it it's just a rat it's a I mean, it's, a it's the middle ages it. <laughs> and that is i think what most people are talking about the jizz rag the cum rag i mean the cum discourse of this film is pretty amazing just go to um twitter and search cum green knight and you will see all sorts of reactions um but i think it was a, I, I mean we're talking I, about allegories i mean the gawain that considers running away from his honor would be the Gawain that would wear a magic cum rag that would save his life um, for the rest of his life. That was the point, right? That, just, was, the, that was the moral I, lesson? Yeah. I, I just think I'm just like shook that like they showed the cum and like the cum didn't have to go on the rag, but obviously David Lowry made some choices. <laughs> I was very excited because I was just like, first of all, I'm with my old coworker who we, none of us like expected that. And so we were just like, aha. Uh-huh. And I, so I, I literally laughed at the loud at that point. Cause I was just like, that was unexpected. Um, I, I didn't mind it. I, I, it was, it was totally fine. I, I felt like it sort of fit the weirdness of the movie. Um, it's definitely a choice. I did read that some people in their screenings had people leave whoa. At, on that screen because it's you know, too much. I mean, huge cum. I mean, it but, looks like Cetaphil. Get over it, guys. But like, yeah, <laughs> I'm more shook about you know. Bef- so like, it, the the climax of this movie is like again. He imagines the climax. <laughs> sixty nine. <laughs> I mean, the climax. It's episode sixty eight. The dramatic climax of this film is this like montage we see about his life if he did not live honorably and did not face up to his word right and it's like you know he ends up being a terrible like person terrible king hated king he loses his son um he's like just a total bastard all around and then but in the, again in this we don't know that it's the imagined life yet or like a foreshadowed life yet so like i am just like i'm trying to pay attention to what happened but i'm literally just like so shook because I mean, I'm my mother's daughter, right? And she's a germaphobe. She doesn't even get into bed without showering. And I'm just thinking about this man who has been like living with this crusty ass sash around his waist for the last. Oh. Yeah, I mean that was Sorry. a that was a that was a, that was a pretty intense scene. You know what? Um, I did leave the film thinking was um because the interaction between Gawain and like the Lord and Lady of that castle is like. I guess it's infamous in the, like the medieval literature community, mm-hmm. like about like the, the exchanging of favors, right? The the lord of that castle says, "I'll bring whatever I hunt if you give me whatever you receive in return." And so, you know, the lady at the house jerk gives him gives him gives him a handy. He should have given one to um, Joe Edgerton, right? Like he still owes him a hand job. Well, does he? Did he want the handy or did he want the cum rag? He got a kiss. Right. He got a kiss. 
and and I think he's like it's like what you're able to give or something like that. And I was like, yeah, maybe he owes him like he owes him a kiss. But he I didn't give him the cum, <laughs> the, well, cum the belt, the sash. I I did I right? did think about that because I was like, you you get what you receive and you receive that. But I was like, <laughs> what if like just... he? What if like if he jerked off? Joel Egerton and Joel Egerton's cum went on the sash would have been like double powerful. I guess I so. Know. Like, uh, I just love that. Like that whole like this was like after an hour of Depatel walking while dirty, right? The whole entire movie is him walking through these grand landscapes. Oh while yeah, dirty. he looks so wet <clears throat> and like uncomfortable. Like I could smell it. I'm just like, man, this <laughs> this doesn't seem like fun to film. And he arrives at this castle. Um, where both the Lord and Lady are very, very horny for Sir Gawain. Yeah. Did I will say the the whole like traversing the walking scenes, especially when the fox joins him, uh, who's like his mom. And did you not think did that remind you of like Pokemon, like Ash and Pikachu, like traveling across the land? Yeah, I mean the trailer is spoiled that the fox was gonna talk to Gawain, but I thought the fox was a very it's a very, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say well animated. It was better than Jungle Cruise, the animation of the fox. The fox was really cute. Um, I was really mad at him when he yelled at the fox. Mm-hmm. Fox is just trying to help. Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> it's like the fox was the best thing he had going. Um, yeah. Gawain. Um, <laughs> but uh, did you uh, did you spy Aaron Kellyman? The lady who was a ghost. I think this was, this was after Jess woke up from the yes. So that nap. that whole vignette too. I'm also like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> also, I'm just like, that's a fucked up way to die. Like, whatever this man who killed you after he tried to rape you. Like, I want to fucking kick his ass. I'm just like, I, and that's like the thing. Like, she was so interesting as a character, and then we don't anything. And I'm like, so why? Like, why did you? And, and I think I have this certain like anger towards medieval literature already mm-hmm. that so often has, I, and again, we don't know the source, but has so often been so misogynistic and mm-hmm. is so lo- loves to blame the women of the, like Arthurian women get the short end of the stick so many times. They're always the downfall of like, um, you know, Camelot, whatever. So the fact that yeah. like, I feel like so much of the women and the imagery we get, his his mother, who is played by the fucking, like, beautiful Sarita Chowdhury. Like, she's, like, one of the most, like, stunning people I've ever seen on film. Um, and the fact that we don't really, like, she's just kind of presented as a witch. And there's, I, I, I don't know if it's, like, I missed something because maybe I fell asleep. But, like, <laughs> like, like, are we supposed to understand that? Because again, what we do know, our our base knowledge of our theory of legend, I think the most basic knowledge is like, you know, that the women were the downfall of Camelot. So he doesn't really give us anything to like subvert that either. It's like the mainstream consciousness of Arthurian legends is like Morgan Le Fay um, and Guinevere's adultery that causes the the downfall of Camelot. But even that was based on like the adaptation the French adaptation of the English yes. but that's legend, what we right? Know. I'm saying that's that's what the mainstream yeah. knowledge is, and yeah. then, um, especially to introduce you know Aaron Kellyman's character as like a victim of sexual assault, um, and get that base knowledge that Arthur himself is a result of a rape is like, but it's like totally chill. 
in this world. No one talks about it. And I'm just like, mm. I mean, yeah. I did. I did appreciate. Um, I mean, I did notice that the Arthur in this film is like old and frail, right? He's not like the legendary king that mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of other films have depicted him as. Um, like that scene when the um, the Green Knight comes a knocking during Christmas. Green Knight also latest entry into Christmas movie canon. It's a Christmas yes. movie. <laughs> Christmas <And> he, jizz. <laughs> and he picks up Excalibur and he's like struggling to hand it to Gawain. I thought that was a good touch. Yeah. Well, I also it, like that. If you didn't know this was based on an Arthurian tale, you wouldn't even know that he's King Arthur because they never say like yeah. King Arthur, Guinevere or Merlin. Right. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. I think this is why maybe I liked it better was I didn't it's not even just a suspension of disbelief. It was just a suspension of all thought for me when I watched this film. Like when I said it was like vibes for me, it was totally vibes. Like oh, it's a I vibes movie for sure. Yeah. Like I didn't care about the plot, really. I didn't care about who was who, if he was Arthur. I didn't care that that was his mom. I just liked the fox. Um, so uh, very rarely am I able to just like turn off all of that thought, which is why I'm kind of surprised. But I, 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 I think because it started off like very strongly for me on the vibes front, like the very first scene we see is he's on a throne and his head catches fire. And I'm just like, I love this. And then when you are introduced to the king and queen, they're um, uh, tapestries or paintings first. And then you see them. And what I love about that is when, you know, when you grow up and you're like learning about uh, art in the middle ages, they all have these like paper plate halos that they're drawn on. But then they were made into 3D crown halos in the movie, which I thought was brilliant. Um, So that was like my favorite touch. So honestly, (laughs) I think I was mainly just like looking at the movie and just kind of going along for the ride and really not paying attention to plot. Because I think if I paid attention to plot, I hate episodic films. Like I get so (laughs) bored by them. And so I I basically turned off that part of me. Yeah, I I think that's pretty much the production. Everyone across the board in production, costumes gorgeous, perfect anachronistic historical mix. Like because it's not really set in any time period, but so it feels old, but it's not like set in one time. So it's really well done. Like still fantastical, but grounded. Yeah, it's very. it's it's somewhat medieval, but like highlighting the paganness of everything. So yeah. even though this is a Christmas movie, it's definitely a pagan Christmas movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I I really like that vibe. I think if it were a straightforward Christiany type of movie, I wouldn't have. Well, there wouldn't have been jizz probably. Yeah. But <laughs> the amount the amount of um, severed heads in this movie yeah. is very high, and they all look pretty good. I've seen like more expensive movies with like really bad severed heads, and let me tell you, nothing takes you out faster than a bad severed head because you're just like that's obviously not real. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to make me feel a certain way, and that's not real. And I was like, there was like three or four severed heads in this movie. I was like, this is looking pretty good. Speaking of severed heads, I love that the setup for the whole story is, um, you know, at Christmas feast at the round table, King Arthur is giving going a pep talk because he's being sad that, you know, he has no stories of valor or honor to speak of. And then the Green Knight appears and issues a challenge to King Arthur's knights, asking one of them to strike him with a blow and he'll return the blow in one year hence. And then so Gawain volunteers. Um, King Arthur lets him borrow the Excalibur. And then he has this really big 
big brain, a big galaxy brain moment where he thinks, hmm, I can just chop off this big guy's head. You know, can't strike me back if you're not alive. And then he lops off his head. And then the Green Knight, you know, this big tree monster um, just picks up his head and goes, cool, I'll see you in a year. And then pieces out. Maybe I'm feeling like more animosity than y'all because <laughs> at the root of it, this film is really just about a dumbass dude. Oh, totally dumb. Like an I was yelling at the screen. Dude. Yeah. And I think I was just blinded by, you know, vibes and Dev Patel. But like, could you imagine if this wasn't Dev Patel and it was just <laughs> some like dumbass dude who's like, yeah, I got, I got it. It's like, no, man, I, got, I gotta go. I, I gotta go. <laughs> Fuck, I gotta go. Okay. It's like, no, man, I, I'm about this. Like, like, really, that is the movie. And yeah, I think maybe I was just Dev Patel. I was getting I mean, old. We, we should talk about Dev Patel because he is the glue that pulls oh, this yeah. movie together. No, again, as I just said, I don't think this movie works if you do not root for this dumbass. <laughs> that he's just a such straight up dumbass on so many levels. Um, but like again, you forget because you want to love Dev Patel, and he's a good actor, and he's beautiful and sexy, and you would understand why everyone wants to kiss him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I was rooting for him actually because I hate when someone is like a dumbass and you're supposed to still root for them. Um, I literally was yelling in the theater. I'm like, did you not read the letter or listen to the twenty billion voices that read the letter out loud that said that he would do to you in kind? Um, and I was like, but he had his, he had his big brain moment. No, 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 no. Some dude comes in with a an axe, and you think that you can still get away with that? Nope. Anyway, so I was just like, a, a tree man, a tree man who's like ninety. Yeah. Bro. Anyway, but I also just don't like young boys who want to be heroes and do ambitious things. Um, so I like, but you are right. Like, it's not that I was rooting against him but i was okay with him because he was dev patel and i do have to say this is an improvement over who david lowry usually casts in his films which is casey affleck so oh my god i just barfed in my feet oh my god so uh yeah i was just like from now on you need to just go with people who are like dev patel or just dev patel and and anyway so oh god this kind of colors my Oh, dude, David Lowry kind of looks like Casey Affleck. <laughs> I think I think he backed away pretty quickly, but uh, yeah, it, he he did do at least two, maybe more films with him. But yeah, so. mm. one was the ghost story with the sheets, the sheet ghost, um, which was actually and acclaimed. Pete Dragon wasn't bad either. Pete, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like he's he's actually a decent director, and so I I will just say it was ignorance at the time, but he did not <laughs> ask him for this, which I give him credit for. I'm so. looking through his Wikipedia. It looks mighty white. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But until this one, so that's why I was like, if maybe you've taken a turn and understood the error of your ways. So. I do enjoy, and I hope we get more of this. Death Patelissance, where he plays just all the classic period mm-hmm. piece. Um, he's already done his um, Copperfield's Victorian age, right? Yeah, Victorian Dickens, Dickensian. He's done his Arthurian. Uh, what else is there? He needs to play. Um, Roman I mean, gladiator. some sort of Shakespeare king or prince, right? Yeah, Shakespearean. Like I- 
I think it's gladiator like another like Shakespeare movie series reboot more like you know how like Kenneth Branagh did that for a while but like not boring like Kenneth Branagh like one of the Henrys right like oh he would be a fantastic like Hotspur or like (laughs) you know like like you know like when they did that like Robert Pattinson and like Timothy Chalamet movie The King like you know do one of those but like with Dev Patel or honestly though, I want him to more like like tail coats and like like fluffy like romantic things. Though. Yeah, should he be in the next Bridgerton? He would I have to be like a cameo monarch or something. He's too good for Bridgerton. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I I know what you mean. It would be of. I think he could still play many different things in many different eras of the Victorian age. So including Regency. I mean, I feel like his cachet has grown a lot over the last few years, right? Because he has been doing a lot more. Like it's been a while since his last studio project, right? What if he's in a contemporary thing where he is the cover model for romance books, and so he still gets to wear the puffy shirt? I I love that. I love that. Um, Let's write it. I would. I I think there's like, couldn't we get an Indiana Jones? Mm-hmm. And he's trying to get like he's trying to steal shit back from the British, and he's like half academic half swashbuckling like best of both oh yeah someone green like this oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so final verdict um is the green knight good pop let's start with you jess (laughs) no because i don't think it's gonna like enter mainstream pop culture like it's gonna (laughs) live in a very specific section of film twitter where we're gonna talk about comrade discourse the mainstream ain't gonna understand comrade discourse. All I know but, is, uh, but always yes to you know color conscious casting for these types of roles. Here's my thing. I say yes, but also I I'm not necessarily put off by somewhat weird and avant garde stuff because this, also I felt like this wasn't that weird. Um, I did know watching it that people would find it weird but i think having endured uh three seasons of and and writing a lot of discourse about twin peaks um (laughs) has given me a higher tolerance for the avant-garde and weird so this one just kind of just seemed a little dreamy um uh i i i still give credit for the big surprise of the come um no one expected that i didn't expect it you know, David Lynch has never done that. So good on you, I guess, David Laurie. Uh, but having said that, enjoy it in the green night. Watch it, you know, like Marvin said on the big screen. But I do not want to see anyone, especially male directors, copying this in that we do not need more cum seats. <laughs> Stop it. Because Put the Cetaphil down, yeah. gentlemen. It's been done and it, it, it created the discourse, but I... It will immediately become derivative. Man, I want to see David Lynch's The Green Knight now. That would be are amazing. we are we going to get like a sequel to The Green Knight? Like, are we going to adapt another Arthurian poem, <laughs> like a like an unrelated trilogy? I hope not. <laughs> I, I really do hate epic poems. Like all epic. Oh God, poems yeah. Are yeah. Beowulf. Yeah. <laughs> What's the one where they go like? pilgrimaging that you make they make you read in like english lit the odyssey oh, Ch- Ch- chaucer the canterbury chaucer. tales Ch- fuck oh. canterbury tales <laughs> oh well i also think this is good pop um i mean this film is 
definitely like something that is like this film is definitely something that is all vibes and i think the vibes are stuff that i personally vibe with mm-hmm. um you know it's it's a film that's meant to be watched on the biggest screen possible to just take in all the great cinema making um the story you know it is based on the centuries old poem it's give or take there's not a lot of action so i can see why people might feel cheated because when they think knights and arthur they think you know you know if you want to see that just go watch the guy richie arthur i heard that was not oh, bad. no, i heard bad things about that and i will give it up to jess if deliberately paced art films aren't your thing and you already know it's not your thing this film might not be your thing um but it, it is worth watching paced it was slow <laughs> But if you um, if you do like, I think even if you think you might not like it, it's worth experiencing. Um, at least in my opinion. Plus, Death Patel will bring you through it. Will carry you through it. Yes. So you know, yes. always and believe you know in you death. Know what? Art is a funny thing because did I enjoy this movie? No. Have I stopped thinking about this movie since I've watched it? Also, no. So <laughs> no, I will give credit where it's credits due. I think you know. It's a it's memorable. Um, he did something different, and I always respect that. Um, very understood that this is just not for me, and you know I've enjoyed other movies significantly more, and have probably forgot about them. So take take that as what you will. <laughs> yeah, um, and isn't that the best argument for it being good pop? Yeah, and 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 I would say it makes a difference to watch it with someone that you can share the moments of like, what the fuckness? Um, with. Okay. So we were not allowed to talk because right? it's Alamo. They have a very strict thing, but I do, as Marvin knows, we've watched many things together. Um, I'm a hitter. Yes. So when things are really intense, um, I just start. I think I just started hitting Marvin during the comeback scene. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? It's definitely one of those moments. <sighs> I will show this film to friends. And watch their reactions to that moment. Yeah, yeah. Show this like true uh, baller statement or like action. Show this movie to your mom. Show this movie <laughs> to your parents. What are they gonna think about that? Oh no, I would not. I would not scar my mom. Yeah, my, my parents are definitely four quadrant movie watchers. They will. They will not have anything to do with this and, film. And that's my biggest thing about like, is this good pop or not? There's just gonna be a segment that this movie never gets to, or they will never understand. Like our parents, like. If I show this to my mom, she's gonna be so scarred. But like, I can show her Jungle Cruise, you know. My my dad would have liked it. My mom, I would never even get her close to this. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for our discussion of the Green Knight and the Cumrake. New title. Um, <laughs> just Han, if people want to follow up more of your thoughts, where can they go? My trash tweets are on Twitter at just Jute tweets. And I am at Anonymous. You can find me at Marvin. You can find our show at Good Pop Club and check out our past episodes by going to the website goodpop.club. And yeah, that'll do it for this episode of the Good Pop Culture Club. Um, Good Pop is a proud member of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of Asian-hosted podcasts. Check out our fellow Potluck Pods by going to the website podcastpotluck.com. And we'll be back next week to talk about The Jungle Cruise, the latest Disney action-adventure romp starring one Dwayne The Rock Johnson. This was the film that Jess and I watched as a palate cleanser after the Green Knight. <laughs> and she was, I was very, like, very excited. I need for to it. understand what the fuck is going on in a movie. Let's go watch Jungle Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be back next week. But until then, see you later. Bye.
Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Marvin. And I'm Rira. We're the host of Books and Boba, a book club and podcast dedicated to books by Asian and Asian American authors. Every month we pick a book by an Asian author to read and discuss on the show. We read a wide variety of genres from contemporary to historical fiction, fantasy to memoirs, and crime thrillers to romance. Some of our past book club picks are Pachinko by Minjin Lee, Sorcerer to the Crown by Zen Cho, and Devotion of Suspect X by Keigo Higashino. We also go over what's new in the Asian American literary world and chat with some talented Asian authors about their work. So whether you want to start reading for fun again or diversify your TBR list, we got your Asian literature cravings covered. For more info, check out our website at booksandboba.com. You can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Part of the Potluck Podcast Collective.